0: This is the Winner's Take with host Nelson Rowdy Raisbeck and professional sports handicapper Dave Essler. Welcome in to Winner's Take. As always, I will be your host, Nelson Rowdy Raisbeck. I'll be joined by professional sports better Dave Essler. Again, I mean, we're coming to the end here of the NFL football season. Uh, NFL conference championship week, we'll be looking at both of the games. We'll look at the sides totals. We'll give out some props, uh, talk a little bit of the conference championship week here. If you want to find any of our content, you can find me on Twitter at rowdy underscore razor, or you can find Dave on Twitter at Dave underscore Essler, or some of his work on pregame.com. Before we jump into to the games here, want to ask that you please download, listen, subscribe and share winner's take with your friends. And uh, just keep on sharing the content, Dave. Two more podcasts here for winners take before the end of this football season.
1: Yeah, I mean it's. I think it's been a good season. I know I've had a, I've had a, i have had ai have had a lost a little bit in college football. I don't, you know, overall I don't know what picks I gave out, but maybe I haven't factored in futures yet, which I know we're okay. And and uh, NFL has been pretty strong, so I think we've done most of our listeners a, a reasonable service. You know, hopefully it'll be even better next year.
0: Yeah, I would say the only the only thing that I would question would have been bowl season, just just from my standpoint. And I think it's just a, you're going to have to go back and look at bowl season a little differently now that NIL and the transfer portal are, are even crazier than the last few years.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's been a big problem, and it'll be a big problem going into next year. You know, I mean, we've seen Saban retire because basically because of it, and Um, you know, it's gonna be I think it's gonna come down to what schools have the most money. Yeah, but you know, carry on.
0: It's crazy to think that the four teams that were in the college football playoff, three of them are gonna have new head coaches.
1: Yep. Normally you don't get it's always been about the money, but now it's pretty now it's not under the sheets anymore.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. Well, speaking of the money. Dave, let's jump right in to our our conference championship football games. First one we're going to look at, it's going to be the AFC championship game. Going to be the Kansas City Chiefs here taking on the Baltimore Ravens. Currently in this one, Baltimore favored by four points. Total sitting there at 44 and a half. Dave, your thoughts on Chiefs-Ravens?
1: Yeah, I mean, I took the Chiefs and, you know, the market is kind of telling me that might not be the way to go, but, you know, I got to – I gotta go buy my work. I fall victim to, well, I don't, I try not to, but I fall victim to looking at the market too often at times. My work is usually better than the market. And uh, uh, the last 30 days, I've been I've been winning quite a bit by just getting it done early and going with what you know. And I, I didn't bet them till Monday. I, I, you know, of course I watched the game Sunday and I intentionally didn't bet them Monday night because I didn't wanna fall victim to recency bias. Well, I just saw how well they can play and and let's just bet him again but you know by now everyone knows the the Chiefs and Reeds and Mahomes playoff record so you know I would I would spare you all that kind of drivel uh and in fact most of the stuff that's that's out there right now is you know pretty pretty public pretty well talked about as you'd imagine and you know but but you know the Ravens recent streak of dominance you know that win over San Francisco that was a great win I mean they they manhandled the 49ers um but they didn't really have any other good teams that they beat. And you know, I'm not throwing the Ravens under the bus by any means, but Kansas city, isn't the, the youthful Texans team. And, you know, I, I love experience in the playoffs. I, you know, I always do. And that's always been the, the difference maker for me. If everything looks equal on both sides, I'm taking the team with more experience and that's obviously the chiefs, you know, and and, and look at Lamar, you know, they're talking about MVP and yes, yes, and yes. But, you know, statistically, no. Uh, and he beat the Chiefs back in uh, 2021 by one point and here at home. And that could happen again, I suppose, which would be great if I'm getting three and a half points, now four. But in the three previous matchups against the Chiefs, he did not win. You know, I don't know why. I, I didn't go back and look. But, you know, I totally trust Steve Spagnolo here. I, I think he's the key for me to, to scheme this game and or make the adjustments. I remember clearly, but most of you would maybe remember that he was the defensive coordinator for the giants uh, when they beat the previously unbeaten Patriots in the 2007 or eight Super Bowl, and against the Ravens in four games, Mahomes has never thrown for less than 340 yards and had a passer rating of 131 or more three of those four times. And, you know, we know he doesn't turn the ball over in the pro season, or he hasn't. And, you know, that's huge. Turnovers are huge. And this comes down to who I trust. It's probably going to be raining. Or at least wet uh, Sunday, uh, which you know means fumbles and and you know I, I I rarely trust Lamar not to put the ball on the ground uh, or throw a pick. And you know, I, I suspect that Spagnuolo would 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 stack the box and make Lamar beat him through the air. And you know, these games often come down to who makes the the big mistake at the most inopportune time. and it comes down to trust. I trust Reed and Spagnuolo and Holmes over you know, Harbaugh and Lamar. So I went with the Chiefs. Market disagreement, but you know that's you know I'm just gonna tell you what I got.
0: Yeah, I was kind of shocked to see the market going as it has been the last couple of days. Because when I first looked at it, and I think it opened with you know Baltimore favored by three, and there there was some juice on that. I was like, "Ah, I'd probably lean Chiefs. And then when it got to three and a half, I'm like, okay, I I think I would play the Chiefs here, getting you know over a field goal. And now it's you know got to four, it even touched four and a half for a little bit. I'm with you. That makes me a little nervous. But at the same time, how can you bet against Patrick Mahomes getting over a field goal? I mean, the guy is 13-3 and in the playoffs, and all he does is win. I know that this is probably the worst Chiefs team that he's had, but it might be the best defensive team he's had. And then we know that the Ravens might be the most impressive team this year in the NFL, but Lamar Jackson has had his faults in the playoffs. I just feel like getting over a, a field goal with Mahomes who's his three losses two of them are in overtime man I feel like you just couldn't go wrong but uh not only would I lean with the Chiefs there and and I I think I'll pull the trigger with the Chiefs officially I like the under 44 and a half now obviously I wish we could have had this podcast you know last Sunday when we could have got under 45 and a half but I still think I would go with the under and you mentioned it I mean the, the weather isn't supposed to be great. It's supposed to be like mid forties, rainy, windy. I think both of these defenses are, are pretty good. Both are definitely good against the pass. They're decent against the run. It just feels like this could be a lower scoring 20 to 17 or, you know, 20 to, to 14 type of grinded out game. But I, I figure it's going to be close. And if it's going to be close, I'm getting over a field goal with Patrick Mahomes. The guy just wills his way to to winning games.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of in agreement with you. I'm I'm a little bit surprised that the market is where it is, but you know that when all is said and done, uh, I can't bet against Mahomes. I mean, you know, we talk a lot about not betting on teams to do something that they haven't done. Kansas City's done it more than more than Baltimore has, so I'm. Uh, with a little trepidation because it takes a fair bit of money to move a number up off of three, three and a half, all the way to four. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know what that's all about. I, I can't imagine there not being some buyback closer to game, but we'll we'll see what happens there. So, Dave, any
0: props that you were looking at for the Chiefs Ravens game?
1: I said Mahomes has thrown for over three hundred and forty yards three or four times, and I would probably bet him over his props. I I looked the other day. I forget what it was. It was three forty only because. I don't think that uh, Kansas city will beat Baltimore running the ball. So I think they're going to throw more than they maybe already do. But also if in fact the Ravens are ahead, like where, you know, the market sort of dictates, then, you know, if Kansas City's playing from behind, then he's certainly going to have to throw more. And I would actually look at both tight ends, Kelsey and Andrews. I would, I would look at their under props. You know, you, you know, that, Everybody's the public's going to bet the overs because you know Andrews is playing; he's back, he's healthy, so they say. Um, and and everybody bets Kelsey over props no matter what. So, you know, artificially they're already higher than they probably ought to be. But you know, when you look at things, uh, both teams are elite against tight ends. You know, I, I mean, if you want to, you want to look at 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 fantasy points against tight ends. Uh, they're in the top five or six, both of them. So, and by a wide margin. So I'm, I'm thinking that I would probably bet the under on both of the tight ends as well. And I figure that at worst, that's probably a split. I don't know, but that's where I would be looking.
0: Yeah. And Mark Andrews, I mean, I think going into the season, everyone would have said Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey are tight ends, number one and two in the NFL. Well, Kelsey looks a little, little older this season. And Mark Andrews hasn't played a game since he uh, broke his fibula. So, I mean, this is his first game back into action. That's a huge ask coming in, especially against a a defense that is as good as the Chiefs are against tight ends.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can nitpick it to death and something might pop up between now and then, and, and then I might all of a sudden like, and if that does happen, I'll just throw it out on my Twitter feed for anybody interested in, Following along, but that's I haven't bet any excuse me, I haven't bet any more than that yet. Yeah, I looked at a couple.
0: I uh, pulled the trigger on Lamar Jackson over his rushing yardage beginning of the week when I did that, it was 62 and a half. I think looking at it now, Lamar's rushing prop is up to 66 and a half, so it has moved four yards since I placed my bet. But I just you look at Kansas City, you know that they're really good against the pass, they do struggle a bit, uh, or I guess where they're weaker is against the run. and. It's all hands on deck. Lamar Jackson, uh, just in general, he in the playoffs has averaged, I believe it was like 93 yards per game in his career in the playoffs rushing. And just in general, in the regular season, it was 74, which is well above this number. And I figure he's going to have opportunities to run the football here. I think the inside linebacker that maybe would potentially be used as a spy, Willie Gay, he's also got a neck issue. So he's he's banged up. I did like Lamar, like I said, over his rushing prop. And then the other one, this is the the sneakier one. It's going to be the other quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, over his rushing prop. When I bet it, it was 26 and a half. I see out there now you can still find 26 and a half, some 27 and a half. But it's kind of the same thing. Baltimore's got a really good pass defense, not the greatest of weathers. And we. how many times have we seen Patrick Mahomes, you know, in these big games leak out for 20, 30-yard runs? where guys are even scared to hit them these days. And we see guys pull up or just in general, Patrick Mahomes is athletic enough to run. I know that they they have a little bit of issues on their uh, offensive line with injury, but I think that even could be flushing him out of the pocket, even a little bit more. And again, it's all hands on deck and I went through it and at the number of 26 and a half Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs and averaged about 27 yards per game rushing the football in his career and just this regular season it was just under 25 so it's I think this is a pretty close number for a close game where he's gonna have to do anything that uh, it takes to win so I'll take Lamar's rushing prop over and Mahomes rushing prop over Um, I wouldn't argue with you
1: Um, what I might do though if you already have over 62 on Lamar if that went up to 67 or 8 I'll be tempted to go ahead and, and bet the under as well. I mean, it, it, sometimes it's surprising how close those props end up being. How many times you
0: know, have you talked about how, you know, just getting a good number or getting that number by a half a point wins you so much more when you have hundreds and hundreds of picks?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that would just be a math problem for me. It wouldn't be, well, I think that's too high, you know, whatever, you know, if if it went up to 68, I would, I think I would, and it might, because, you know, that's what people are going to bet. Then I might think about betting the under. There's those props. You know, it doesn't take a lot of money to move them. You know, a couple hundred bucks right out of the the gate, it'll move it a couple yards. So there might be an opportunity for you later come Sunday afternoon. Uh, Let's
0: move to the second game. This will be the Sunday night game. It's going to be the Detroit Lions taking on the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC Championship game. Currently in this one, Niners favored by seven, seven and a half in some spots. Total sitting there now at 51 and a half. Dave, your thoughts on the Lions Niners?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't bet this game yet because I really wanted to see where Debo Samuel was going to fall. I mean, if he was going to be out, I would be on the Lions. I mean, he's he's missed three games this year, uh, and they the, the Niners lost two of them. Uh, and the the one they won was 37-34 over the Raiders. So, you know, ATS 0-3. So that would have been a no-brainer for me. And, you know, even if you look back at last year, most of the games he didn't play, if they won, uh, they didn't win by much. So that would be a Detroit bet at plus 7.5 all day long. But now it looks like he's probably going to play. So I I don't like laying a touchdown. I mean, that that kind of scares me. Uh, in any game, let alone a playoff game, but I would almost have to. And a couple of things tip me there. I mean, I have no no disrespect for Detroit, but for one thing, you have a team that's used to playing on, on artificial turf, going to play in San Francisco where we know historically the field is not that fast. And you also have Goff going back to the NFC West where you know, when he was with the Rams, he played the 49ers twice a year. So if anybody knows how to rattle his cage or or what he doesn't like, uh, it would be the Los Angeles Rams. So I have a tough time getting to Detroit. I know it's a little bit of a trendy pick, but I do lean to the 49ers there. And as far as that total goes, you know, you can get 52 now uh, at, at Circa in Vegas and I think South Point in Vegas has a fifty-two. I would expect that number to come back, but if it's fifty-two, you know I'm going to take the under. I mean, I'm looking at the the ticket count right now, and sixty-nine percent of the tickets are on the over. Ninety-two percent of the money's on the over. You know, once again, um, books don't get don't get fat and happy with their checkbooks by giving away free money. You know, I think that the public's looking at that. Okay, well, the Lions can score okay, well, San Francisco can score, but both these defenses are, are pretty solid as well. So I don't think there's going to be the up and down the field thing that everybody does. So I actually lean to the under, uh, and that may well be a bet before all is said and done.
0: Yeah. Now, I again, I talked about some of the bets I'd already placed. It was Monday I placed, and we gave out uh, Detroit and San Francisco over at 50-and-a-half, and, a half, and it, probably a pretty square play in, in some sharp sides. But I don't know. I just – both these teams can run and pass the football. Both these teams stop the run. Feels like they'll both have the ability to throw the football. And I just feel like watching the Lions a decent amount, being that they're, they're in my Packers, NFC North division, it just feels like they play so many games where it's 31 to 24. It kind of just like the game they just played against uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I wouldn't be surprised if that was the game. Now, that being said, I see San Francisco winning this game, so they would they would obviously be at the you know the 30 mark. Well, maybe it's square, but I did take the over at 50 and a half. Like you said, if there's some places out there touching 52, it's probably not time for me to run out and, and bet the under and try and middle, but uh, that's kind of where I was at with the total. With the spread, I think we clearly know what Vegas thinks um, Debo Samuel at this point in his health is worth because what that opened at seven when it looked like he wasn't going to play or wasn't practicing. It was, it touched six and a half. And now it's uh, with him looking to play, he's up to to seven and a half here. So what he's worth probably about a point.
1: Um, yeah. And I think his uh, intangibles are, are what, you know, what he's worth because he can do so many things, you know, he can line up in the backfield. He'll run the jet sweep. You know, you get him over the middle on those quick slants and this, probably nobody better at yards after the catch. So he gives them a dynamic that not just his being a wide receiver gives. So I would rate him more than a point just because of the, you know, it's just several more things Detroit has to try and defend. So I'm, I'm, uh, and I tell you what that without him, what their scores have been like this year. So, yeah, I mean, I would almost rate him as, you know, aside from perhaps McCaffrey, the and maybe not even that, because McCaffrey does two things, probably more important to that 49ers team than anybody else. Well, that
0: kind of leads into another bet that I that I placed actually this morning. Uh, I do like San Francisco in the first half, minus the four and a half. I think the full game at seven, seven and a half, I think that leads potentially a back door for Detroit. But I mean, when this opened. It opened San Francisco in the first half minus three and a half in some spots, but there was a ton of juice on that. It's pretty much been four and a half and stayed there. If it wasn't heavily juiced at three and a half and now it looks like Debo Samuel is healthy enough to go. We know at least he'll be good for the start of the game. Who knows if he gets re-injured or how long he he does play. But I think just the fact that you have Detroit who's been home with all that energy from all their fans now having to go on the road the fact that it is grass and it's not a dome, the fact that Jared Goff played in the NFC West, like you mentioned, or the fact that Jared Goff hasn't had great numbers home road splits wise. I like San Francisco with the Debo energy uh, to start the game, minus the the four and a half for the first half.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I can see that too. Um, I'd probably just play the money line and get it over with. But, you know, you look at the, look at the player props and, you know, over – Brock Purdy and Goff, both over one and a half touchdowns, which is quite common. But Purdy's uh, mi- minus 200 to throw two touchdowns or more. And Goff is only minus 120. Does that tell me anything? Maybe. um, You know, maybe they're thinking that, well, Detroit can run with, with Gibbs and what's his name? And um, they're just going to get into the end zone. You know, I don't see that against the 49ers. I could be wrong. But if Purdy is minus 200, to throw two touchdown passes, you know, that's pretty telling to me. So that also kind of puts me on uh, the 49ers.
0: So, Dave, any of
1: props that you've
0: looked at for the Detroit-San Francisco game?
1: Um, you know, I've looked at quite a few, and, you know, they they seem kind of doable, and uh, there's there's part of me that uh, wants to bet Jameer Gibbs over 22-and-a-half. I think I'll probably uh, receiving yards. Actually, I I should say that you know I like that. He you know when he's in there, typically may may throw screens a lot lot more than they might otherwise. And I think that's the only way you're going to beat the Forty Nine ers. There's going to be I mean obviously you got you got Bosa and Chase Young and they've got a great you know a ridiculous front seven, uh, but they tend to be aggressive, which you know that's what you want. But how do you beat that draws and screens? So I I like Jameer Gibbs over. 22 and a half. I haven't looked at the rushing props. McCaffrey's always high. He's 86 and a half yards. Um, You know, that's entirely possible. Uh, I doubt it. Montgomery and Gibbs are both, you know, 42 and 48. Um, Pick your poison. I would probably pass on that as well. So the only one I really like is uh, Gibbs over 22 and a half yards receiving at this point in time.
0: I liked one that I pulled the trigger on, and it was George Kittle's longest reception over 23.5 yards, and I had to do a little research to see if Debo would play into it at all, but there really was no correlation with Debo Samuels playing or not playing. Uh, He was pretty consistent in it. He uh, went over this longest reception 11 out of the 17 games that he's played in this year, And then you look at the Detroit defense that's going to be facing them. We already mentioned how they're not a good passing defense. But against tight ends, they rank 22nd in the NFL, giving up uh, yards to tight ends. And when you watch Detroit, one of the big places where they they are pretty vulnerable, it is kind of over the middle and kind of up the seams. Well, to go one further with the Detroit defense, what is it, Azalone? The, uh, the linebacker, I'm probably butchering his name, but he's a pretty decent cover linebacker that can run sideline to sideline. He's been uh, a limited participant with a rib injury, or if it's not going to be him, what are you going to have, Brian Branch maybe out there trying to cover George Kittle? Well, clearly there's a size advantage for Kittle there, and Branch is a rookie playing on the road in the biggest game of his NFL career. Uh, there's definitely could be some miscoverages and miscommunication there. And plus it's George Kittle. He's a yak machine. His run after the catches is is crazy. This could be a little, you know, 10 yard drag over the middle. And the next thing, you know, he turns it into a 25 yard completion in, in a second. So I do like Kittle over his longest reception of 23 and a half yards. And then I got a few one player, but it's a bunch of props that I wanted to run past you. It's Jared Goff props over whether that be completions, attempts and yards. And here's my reasoning. I don't think Detroit's going to win this game. I do think it's going to be higher scoring. Like I said, I, I bet the over Jared Goff, Detroit believes in him. Dan Campbell believes in him. He talks about how he's good enough to play in Detroit and, and they're not, a, you know, they're not scared to throw the football with Jared Goff and Jared Goff, kind of a gunslinger. Now I know he needs to be protected and there could be some issues up front, but if they get behind, I did a little research, his prop currently for completions is sitting at 23 and a half. In losses this season, he averaged nearly 26 completions per game. I did a little research from last season. He averaged about 24 completions per game. So both of those are higher than his current prop. And then attempts. Uh, His number was at 35 and a half when I looked last night. In losses this year, he averaged over 40 attempts per game. And last season, it was over 37 per game. So those numbers are feels like there's more wiggle room than his completions and then yards. He's sitting there I think it was 255 and a half last night, averaged in losses this year, almost 275 yards through the air, and last season it was even more, 280 yards. So I thought maybe some of the golf props over because I do think they'll be behind in passing the football.
1: Um solid work. I I don't have a retort. I'd like to tell you why I don't like that just to throw something else out there, but you know, those are those are all very valid points, so um, I agree with you. Um, with that said, and part of me uh, wants to take Purdy under uh, 279.5 because, you know, they don't want to be throwing the ball all day long, and I, they may not have to. And I, I did not go back. I haven't taken the time to go back and, and and look at Purdy's stats in losses and wins, but, you know, from memory and most of the time, his stats are in, in wins are pretty pedestrian, really. Uh, unless they're behind, which you know, I don't suspect they're going to be. So for the exact opposite reason, you like golf over, I, I kind of like Purdy under 279.5. I mean, that's a fair bit of yards. I don't think the 49ers want a shootout. Uh, I don't think the 49ers are going to have a shootout. Uh, now, that doesn't mean you can't have 360-yard completions and I lose, but I think that number is a little too high.
0: Uh, Dave, when I was looking at some of the 49er props, Really, the Kittle one was the only one that jumped out to me. I feel like McCaffrey can have such variance because who knows if they're going to consistently run the football or if they're going to pass him the football. Um, Maybe maybe a Debo under just because he he could potentially leave the game with this injury if it flares up again. Um, If he's playing, which it looks like he is, maybe you'd look at an IUK under. But I looked into Iuk because I'm like, oh, if Debo doesn't play IUK, there really was no correlation. I mean, IUK had went off for a hundred plus yards. I think it was in seven games this year, and some of them were with Debo out, some of them are with Debo in. So I think it, I think just in general, the 49ers props for the most point feel like a crapshoot to me because I feel like I don't know what Shanahan's gonna do. Shanahan could come out throwing the football, he could come out running the football until you stop it. I feel like the Lions we know they're going to try to run the football. They probably won't run it well, and Dan Campbell will let Goff sling it. That That's just my opinion. I feel like Shanahan is much more difficult to get a read on.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking at the props for that game right now, and, and I'm looking at receptions. And Ayuk's 5.5, but it's, it's, it's juiced way under at minus 135. And Kittle's 4.5, and, and it's juiced way under at minus 135. Now – some of that may be, uh, and what they do not have is Debo Samuel props up yet for obvious reasons. Um, and I would think that if Samuel does not play, those two overs might be better, uh, that, you know, plus money. Uh, and if Samuel does play, um, betting those unders now is probably the smart thing to do because if he plays, they'll probably drop a little bit. I mean, I, I don't know how much, but you know, again, uh, they're not juiced the way they are for no reason. Um, you know, pretty much. And you know, in terms of my Lions, uh, running back prop, you know, David Montgomery, receptions over one and a half plus one forty five, under one and a half minus one ninety. So that kind of plays right into my hands with Jameer Gibbs, uh, over receiving yards. Um, you know, he's. His reception is three and a half, and that just goes to what I was telling you earlier, that uh, I think Jameer Gibbs is going to be the key here for the Lions, uh, probably more than St. Brown. But, you know, that's why they play the game.
0: There you have it. That's all I had for props, Dave, unless you had anything else.
1: No, I mean, I would just be guessing and speaking out loud. If I have anything else that um, I actually put money on, I I'll throw it out on my Twitter feed. I don't mind doing that at all. And if you want to
0: find our content on Twitter, you can find me on Twitter at Rowdy underscore Razor. Or you can find Dave on Twitter at Dave underscore Esler or his work on pregame.com. Uh, one last time, just ask that you download, listen, subscribe, and share Winner's Take with your friends. But that'll do it for us with the NFL championship games. We will not be having a podcast next week. I will actually be in Florida golfing with Dave. Uh, but we will have one for the Super Bowl, and I'm sure we'll have plenty of props. But until then, let's continue to win some money. The Winner's Take is your podcast for everything gambling at madcitysportzone.com in the Zone app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen, rate, subscribe.